Oh, yeah. You know what time it is. That's right. It's time for the Eddie and Webby Podcast. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to bust out some theme song action for you. Check it out. The Eddie and Webby Show is the place to be. They're talking about beer and pickleball and technology. So if you didn't know, now you know. Because it's time for the Eddie and Webby Show. On today's episode, Eddie and Webby become one with nature. This is the Eddie and Webby Podcast. 998, 999, 1000. Oh, hey, how's it going? This is Webby, not Eddie. And I'm Eddie, and this is our 65th podcast. Oh, yeah. Episode number 65, and this is going to be another very awesome and jam-packed episode full of fun and excitement. Another one. That's right. Oh, yeah. We have uh, an incredible guest that's going to be coming on a little bit later. And just to remind you guys, this is live. We are live on Facebook. We are live on YouTube. And for the two people that care, let's go three. Let's say, let's say three today. The three people that care, we're also live on Twitch. Nice. That's awesome. But yeah, we love to interact. So please interact with us and uh, we'll ask your questions. That's right. Uh, if you have any questions for our guest, that's going to be coming on a little bit later. Go ahead and throw them in the chat as well, and we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely see what we can do to get them over. As we mentioned, this is going to be jam packed. We have a lot of stuff coming your way here, uh, as we typically do. We usually have dinking around with any Webby following our podcast, but today we're actually not going to do that. And I know, right, Webby? Everybody's out there what? crying right now because we're not doing dinking around, but. We're not going to be able to do that one tonight, so it's just going to be the podcast, but I promise you it's going to be jam-packed, right? Yeah, it's going to be awesome, so you're not going to want to miss any single second of it. That's right. Before we bring our guest on, though, I really want to know, and I know you guys all do, Webby, what's going on in Twitter? Oh, man, good old Twitter. Twitter has been blowing up more than ever lately. And uh, let's read a couple of comments here. Here's one from Brad A. Shunk. And Brad says, please, Eddie and Webby, provide video coverage of Ben Johns versus Dave Weinbach and Dane Gingrich and Ben Johns using a metal spatula versus Eddie and Webby. That is going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, I agree. I think both of those are going to be awesome. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have the pleasure of being at the, uh, the two versus one match that you mentioned. Um, but yeah, uh, for those that don't know, Ben Johns did challenge Eddie and Webby uh, to a match where he uses a metal spatula <laughs> against Eddie and I, uh, and we get to use regular pickleball paddles. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's that's going to happen at some point. We don't know when, but that will definitely have video coverage. You can rest assured there. <laughs> yeah, definitely going to be a, a fun match. So thank you very much for that Twitter comment. We appreciate that. Yeah, very much. Uh, let's do another Twitter comment. Here's one from Samuel Mike L. Jackson. I sure hope Kyle Yates' hand has recovered. Leave it to Eddie and Webby to cause one of Pickleball's greatest players to get injured due to their stupid show. 
Uh, and for anybody not familiar with what he's talking <laughs> about, that was uh, during the episode when uh, Irina Tereshenko joined us, which was our most recent episode. Uh, Kyle, he kind of hijacked the show for a little bit, did a little cooking show, had a little mishap with a knife. And we actually found out afterwards he faked it. He was acting. That was not real. I, we did not. We actually, we legitimately thought he actually cut himself. But you can rest assured he did not cut himself. That was catch up, he said. Yeah, I, mean, I got to tell you, man, Kyle, if pickleball doesn't work out for you, you could have a career in acting. Seriously, that was very yeah. impressive. Uh, we didn't even know it was you until you took the mustache off and revealed yourself. Right. Yeah, we thought it was, we thought it was Senior Taco. I had no idea that it was uh, the one and right. only Kyle Yates. But <laughs> Crazy. Craziness. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. Very fun times. Good stuff. Uh, let's do one more comment here on Twitter. Here's one from Blake Shelton John 72. Uh, the Eddie and Webby podcast episode with Irina Tereshenko was hands down the best one yet. She should be part of the show every week. You know what? I, uh, I kind of agree with that. I would love if she was part of the show every week. I agree. She was a lot of fun to have on. I know that we got a lot of great reactions from our audience on that. And uh, just, I mean... You, everybody's got to love Irina. Irina is just one of the coolest right. people ever. Yeah, and definitely one of my favorite episodes so far. Um, but I do think tonight could definitely give it a run for its money. No doubt about that. That's right. Why do you think it might, Webby? I think it's because we have a pretty awesome guest. Well, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the guest to you guys tonight. Our guest tonight has been on the show a couple times, but has always had to kind of share the spotlight with others. Not tonight, though. <laughs> He has made himself very well known in the pickleball world and also played poker in his past life. You all know who I'm talking about. Please welcome to the show, the one and only Adam Stone. What's going on, man? What's up, guys? How's it going? Dude, we're doing awesome. We, uh, we're super excited to be able to have you on. As I did mention before, you were on briefly just over a year ago. Um, you and Cassandra Gurky came on during the Florida Grand mm -hmm. Slam down here in Bonita Springs. Uh, you've made a couple appearances through some of the pros asking pros questions. You were actually live during Deckel's podcast as well, um, a month, six weeks ago or so, but now it's here. Mm -hmm. Now it's all about you. Yes. <laughs> the whole world wants to know just that's what's right. I don't, I don't, I don't like sharing the spotlight. Like you said, that's twice, twice <laughs> that's I had right. to share. I don't like that. <laughs> well, now the spotlight is completely on you. Um, and as you guys know, we like to, uh, get our guests nice and loose, get Webby and I nice and loose, uh, before we get, you know, into a lot of the questions here. So I don't know about you, Webby, but do you think we should have a drink? I mean, that, that would be something new that we've never done before. Yeah, I think that's a groundbreaking idea. And actually, uh, Chuck frame left a message and said, hello from Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. What kind of beer are you drinking tonight? Perfect timing for that question. That's right. And uh, why don't we start with you, Adam? Are you partaking in a certain beverage this evening? I have some, I have some red wine here. It's, uh, it's quite nice. It's a Pinot Noir. And uh, uh, like I mentioned to you guys, I think a podcast is a little bit of more of a beer for a beverage type deal, but uh, you got to roll with what you got. And this is what I got. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. All right. All right. All right. What, what, do, you, that works. what do you think it would pair nicely with? I don't know. Filet? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly, anytime I think of Pinot Noir, I think of like filet mignon, mashed potatoes, and like air covera, which is the fancy word for green oh. beans, right? 
Oh, that's fantastic. I think that works great. Nice. Well, Webby, what about you? What are you going to be enjoying this evening? Oh, man, I am sipping on something that has become one of my favorites. It's a great seasonal beer. And this actually just got released, or at least as far as I know, it just got released on the shelves. And this one comes from Founders Brewing. And this is Green Zebra. Ooh. Oh, okay. And this is a Goza-style ale brewed with watermelon and sea salt, and it is very tasty and refreshing. Mm. Just before like the it. show, we were we were talking a little bit about sour beers, and although Gozas aren't fully a sour, they they fall on that end, uh, and that's a delicious one. We tried to drink that, but we couldn't find it, so we had to drink watermelon four loco, and. I don't know. Next best, <laughs> next next best thing, right? <laughs> it's the next best thing to Green Zebra. So, oh my god, I just remember those killing people back in the day, right? For yeah, Loco. and they had to they had to take them off the shelves because people were getting <laughs> so caffeinated up and drunk, and it was just a it was a train wreck of the night. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what about you, Eddie? What are you drinking tonight? So, one of my favorite beers out there that's probably my top ten beers of all time is Sweetwater's Four Twenty. Um, I, I love it. It's a great pale ale. It's super hoppy. It's, it's awesome. And today I was looking for something very special and, and I went to Publix and I was walking by the beer aisle. And usually at Publix, I'm not really surprised by any of the beers that they have. But tonight I walked by and I saw this Sweetwater 420 strain G13 IPA. Hmm. And I want to, uh, I want to read the description here. Um, because 420 in itself is, is, it's a very hot forward American pale ale, uh, but this says we, or uh, let me rephrase it. It's a, it's kind of a hot forward IPA. Um, but this one says we took an already dank IPA and married its hops with strain specific terpenes and natural hemp type flavor. The result is an aromatic, super hybrid, sticky IPA that's ready to rip. So this sounds super dank and I'm very excited to be able to try this. I've, I've never heard more marijuana references in one description in my life. <laughs> 420, hemp, dank. I know, man. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> nice. There oh, you we go. got a message here uh, on YouTube from Ooh. Pro Pickleball. They said, Adam, happy belated birthday. Oh, well, thank you, Pro Pickleball. I appreciate that. It's been a couple days now. I just hit, just hit 3.8. So I'm creeping towards 40. It's a little scary, but you know, it's all good. Well, you are the same age as Webby and me. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I, thought, I thought you were younger for some club. reason, just just because of how, just, I don't know, because of maybe how you look or your athleticism. Maybe, I thought maybe. you were a little younger than us, but. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take those. That, that'll work. <laughs> I thought you were going to say personality or immaturity uh, made, <laughs> made me seem younger. But uh, I'll, t- I'll take the other two. That's good. <laughs> nice, man. <laughs> nice. Well. I'm excited to uh, to dig more into this beer here a little bit and kind of sit down and uh, uh-huh. talk with you, Adam. We're not going to talk at all about pickleball tonight, though. Is that cool? Oh yeah, whatever, whatever you guys want. I'm just I'm along for the ride. <laughs> I think I think people would uh, boycott us if we uh, if we really didn't talk. About <laughs> all. Um, but before we get into that, though, I you know, obviously, you are one of the top players in the game right now. Um, what other sports? have you played prior to pickleball uh you know obviously besides pickleball well i uh i grew up playing pretty much everything uh and i kind of 
uh, going into high school, I kind of had to choose between soccer and tennis. They're both year round sports and I, you know, probably just wasn't good enough to play both. <laughs> so, uh, I kind of, I kind of had to make the choice, uh, between those two and ended up playing tennis instead of soccer. I was, uh, pretty competitive in both sports, uh, was on a traveling soccer team and was playing tournaments, uh, uh for tennis and, uh, and intermediate school. So, uh, those were my th- those were my two main sports. I really liked basketball as well, but I was quite short, so I, I didn't uh, I didn't choose that. That actually I actually might have preferred uh, tennis was my favorite to play, but I think basketball might have been number two uh, ahead of soccer. But I was better at soccer, so that was uh, my number two in terms of you know uh, uh, picking a sport to play. But uh, yeah, so I, I went with tennis, and I'm I'm pretty happy with that decision. It's a great sport. Uh, played. In college, played after college, played a lot in my early 30s as well, and now I don't play at all anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we hear that story a lot, man. It's like you pick up that yeah. ball paddle, and tennis just slowly starts to fade away. Yeah, I went three years, and so I actually played tennis for the first time about a week or two ago, uh, and it was it was more fun than I thought. But it, it had been three full years since I had played, and. Uh, I, I can't say that I miss it much. It's it's been it's a great sport. It's given me a lot, but uh, I, I put a lot of time into it, and I think I was just done with it. So uh, pickleball came around at a pretty good time for me. That's awesome. So where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in Charleston, West Virginia. Actually, there is a uh, a big Dupont plant there, and that's the company my dad worked for. So uh, was there through third grade. And then in fourth grade, I moved to Houston and I, that's been my home base pretty much ever since I've had a, a couple stints living other places. Uh, but I, I definitely consider Houston home. Okay. And is that still, I know you travel around a lot, obviously, but is that still yeah. where you kind of consider um, home? Uh, <laughs> I mean, if I, if I had to pick a spot that I would call home, it would be Houston, but I would say I'm there average of, less than five days a month. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much all over the map, everywhere and nowhere, uh, traveling for tournaments, uh, working, was planning on working a bit more this year with some, with some clinics and some, uh, camps. Unfortunately that hasn't happened lately, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm on the road almost constantly and, uh, maybe, maybe that'll get old at some point, but it, it's, it's working for right now. That's cool. And so, What's the pickleball scene like in the Houston area? Uh, it's, it, I mean, it's solid. It's solid. Uh, Texas is, as you know, it's huge. It's got a great tennis background. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential in Texas, but there's a, there's a bit of a lack of permanent facilities. So a lot of the play is, like a lot of places, it's uh, taped, taped, taped on tennis courts. There's plenty, there, there's plenty of parks and places that have lines but but no no permanent nets and uh, no permanent facilities besides for a couple and most of those are in fifty five plus communities or uh, retirement communities in the area. So uh, I think it has a ton of potential uh, and it has caught in almost all the big cities. But uh, until until we get some some permanent facilities or uh, some some permanent courts, uh, the growth will probably only be so much until that happens. Yeah, you I mean you have to you have to meet the demand 
or else people are going to start losing interest if they don't have the place to play it, right? Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, someone who's more into it, you know, taping the lines and putting up a temp net and all that stuff, you know, not that big of a deal. But for someone just walking up to play or wanting to start, uh, it's a bit of a hurdle if they if they don't have that permanent facility to just walk out and start playing. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Texas will be a player uh, uh, on the national scene in terms of pickleball. I'm just I just think it's probably lagging a little bit behind right now. One of our friends who we've had on the show a couple of times, uh, Andrew, he has a business called Pickle and Pints. Are you familiar with that at all? Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of that. It's just that's like some some breweries in Houston and they mm-hmm. s- set up. A, yeah, no, I've definitely I've definitely heard of that. I have not attended anything. Uh, and I, I uh, but but I, I, I heard that's cool. And, I, and that, that's a cool idea. I'm, I'm glad he's doing that. So I, I know I think I don't know if it's open yet, but I think they have a chicken and pickle in San Antonio. Okay. Uh, or they were building it. Maybe they're building it and it's not ready yet, but, uh, so that's cool. Uh, maybe that'll, you know, get it going a little bit more and we can see some more growth in in, in Texas would be great. Do you, do you think we're going to see more of those? I mean, I think they're called experiential dining right now, like the top golf chicken and pickle. Do you think we're going to see more mm-hmm. of those like pickleball, piggyback businesses or, or things that kind of work in parallel, kind of like a chicken and pickle popping up? Uh, I mean, I don't see why not. I, I'm certainly not an expert on that stuff, but I went to the chicken and pickle Franklin masters last year and uh, I had never been to a chicken and pickle before. And I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's uh, I mean, I mean, you don't even have to leave. I mean, all, all the all the other stuff. I mean, I knew they had pickleball. I knew they had nice courts, the good facilities, da da da, whatever. But I didn't realize that the other games, uh, the bar, the food, all of that stuff was uh, was so good, and it, and it really is a whole experience. There was plenty of people there playing pickleball, watching pickleball, but there was a lot of people that were there just to enjoy themselves and play some cornhole or the big block Jenga game or whatever the hell they had going on. So I I think that, you know, mixing that all together and, you know, maybe getting a little variety, everyone's got a little something they like. uh, I, I I don't see why that wouldn't work. It it was, it was a fun place and it was packed. So there was tons of people there and they were enjoying themselves. So uh, I'm all for it. Yeah. It's definitely on the, uh, on the list for me and Webby to try and make our, our rounds to, to get out there to chicken and pickle, especially with the new locations popping up. Maybe there's one that's going to be, little bit better more convenient for us to get to but yeah it looks like no, for sure i think there i think there's three now i think there's or if the san antonio one's done uh, i think that makes three so uh obviously they've been having some success if they're if they're still building them so uh that's great yeah i love it so you talked a little bit about sports that you've played in the past but i want to talk about something that is maybe more considered a game that you've played professionally. And I brought it up a little bit when I was introducing you, but that's, that's poker. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? It seems like you, you have a little bit of experience, uh, playing poker professionally. Uh, yes, I, I did that for shoot. I don't even know 12 or 13 years, something like that. So, uh, it started where I kind of, I was teaching tennis and coaching tennis. Uh, so coaching at the university of Texas at Tyler, that's the school, the last school that I went to and played at. 
And so I was, I was coaching at the university, doing a little bit of private lesson stuff uh, at, a, at a local country club. And I started kind of mixing poker in. I, I had a buddy uh, who got me kind of uh, involved in some home games uh, around, around town. Uh, it was actually quite an intricate circuit where you could pretty much find a game every day. And so I just kind of kind of started mixing it in to my routine and playing a couple times a week, once a week, twice a week, whatever. And uh, after three or four years, maybe even five of, of doing them both, I decided to stop the, the tennis completely and just focus on playing poker. And so I would say for six or seven years, that was my, my sole source of income and, and my only job uh, was, was playing poker. So uh, what years and, was this? Oh, uh, this was probably age, uh, I don't know, 22 to 34, some, somewhere in that range. So I, I, I have not played, uh, I, poker's awesome. Uh, just like I said about tennis, it's given a lot to me. I think it's a very cool game, but I was getting a little bit burnt out too at the same time. And so for an, another reason why pickleball came around at a good time. So, so basically when I started playing pickleball, my, my poker hours went down drastically. <laughs> and, and so, uh, yeah, like I said, it came in at the right time. And, and I, I've certainly played, uh, especially at the beginning when I was playing pickleball, but now I'm not playing any poker at all. Okay. All right. Webby, looks like we yeah. have maybe some questions here on uh, social media coming in. Yeah, there was uh -oh. one in particular that I wanted to get to right now, and this came from Chuck Frame, and he says, question for Adam, ignoring the prize money, would you rather win a World Series of Poker Bracelet or the gold in pro singles at Nationals? Mm. Well, that's uh, that first statement is quite important. Ignoring the prize money uh, <laughs> is, is quite important in that. So I'll, I'll go gold in pro singles at Nationals. All right. I could imagine uh, the prize money that goes along with the bracelet. Um, it's probably a little bit more than what you get for winning nationals. I, I would say slightly, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, I haven't played a lot of tournament poker. Most of my poker has been cash games. Uh, so, but I, I did make one World Series of Poker final table. So I, I actually was in, you know, I could sniff, I could sniff a bracelet. Uh, I ended up getting seventh, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I didn't quite get there, but, uh, it was, it was a very cool experience and I have no doubt that, that winning a bracelet would be, would be pretty awesome. So speaking of that, as you know, we have a whole team of researchers here on the Eddie and Webby show <laughs> deep into people's past. I actually have a few pictures that I think are from oh, no. this event that you're referring to here. And I kind of want you oh, to walk no. us through what's going on because my knowledge of poker is obviously significantly smaller than you, but I, I did enjoy playing it for quite a while. I did watch a lot of it on, uh, on TV. So I can kind of imagine what was going through your head a little bit. Uh, so I have a few pictures and we're going to start with oh, picture gosh. one. There you are. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, that's a, that's a pretty good chip stack there. So that I'm, I'm, that's the first thing I notice. Uh, you know, I guess I have a pretty serious look on my face. I always wear, <laughs> I never wear sunglasses. I always wear a hat and regular glasses when I play. 
and at the the Rio the Rio Hotel and uh, Casino, it's very cold, so you always have a jacket on when you're in there. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty much that picture. That was from that tournament. And uh, if you if you ever uh, the yellows are a thousand, the light blues are five hundred, and the blacks are a hundred. So if you if you ever get a chip st- stack like that in a World Series of Poker tournament, it's it's you're usually in a good situation. So, uh, so yeah, that, it, it was a fun run. So you're feeling good there. Talk about this uh-huh. next picture in the lineup here. Was this? Uh, oh, I think that was after? actually uh, that was actually at the final table. So that's after. Okay. So those those orange chips are are worth five thousand, and the green chips are worth twenty five thousand. So this is a little further along in the tournament. Looks like I have a. Uh, I'm happy. I got a smile there. It looks like I might need a haircut. Uh, but other than that, I think, I think, I think it looks fine. (laughs) All right. And then here we go. We have the final picture. (laughs) This was actually, uh, so I had lost probably, I don't know, 80 or 90% of my chip stack. Uh, I got crippled uh, in a hand and then I won a very small, modest all in. And so this was me kind of faking a celebration a little bit uh <laughs> because I, I i won a very small pot in this situation and uh five or ten minutes before that i had i had lost almost all of my chips so uh i i guess i was being a good sport about it trying to trying to roll with it but yeah i got i got i got destroyed by some guy uh probably about five or ten minutes before this <laughs> what uh what year was that oh god um, it's a great question. I would probably say seven or eight years ago, seven or eight years ago. So yeah, that, that, that would be my best guess. Uh, yeah, I think that was my last trip to Vegas too. I might've gone, gone on one more to play tournaments. Yeah. So I would say seven years ago. It's pretty exciting, man. You're actually the first person I've ever met that has been successful in making a living off of poker you know as i mentioned I, I went and played a couple times at casinos me and my buddies 15 years ago you know we would have yeah yeah you know tournaments 20 dollar buy-in type of things and it was just just a lot of fun but um never really was able to kind of master it to the level obviously that you did right yeah it's uh like i said it's a cool game uh i i kind of uh, there, there's not, I, I wish I would have played more tournaments because I mean, I, I think I was a better cash game player, but I mean, tournaments are cool because you get a little notoriety. People can kind of follow it a little bit. Uh, there's a little bit more uh, of that going on. It, they're, they're a little bit of a crapshoot, uh, a little bit more luck involved in tournaments than cash games. So, uh, more variance. So I, I, I I didn't make that the bread and butter of my poker game, but I kind of wish I would have played a little bit more because they are very exciting and you can kind of get some friends and family to follow along with you, which, which is a pretty cool experience. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. You you also talked a little bit about soccer. Um, Did you, did you ever play that in, you know, after high school or was tennis pretty much primarily what you did through college and after that? Yeah, it was basic. It was basically eighth grade. So eighth eighth grade, I made the I made the choice. Kind of, kind of sat down with my parents and decided what I was going to do. So so after eighth grade, going into freshman year of high school, uh, 
if I played soccer, it was completely for fun, maybe a handful of times a year. And I, I pretty much went, went full force into tennis. And so I, I cut out besides for, you know, goofing around or playing with friends. I pretty much cut out other sports in terms of, of competitive play and, uh, and ended up rolling with tennis. So I, uh, uh, like I said, Texas is very, very good tennis state. So there's lots of tournaments. Uh, I traveled to cities at least once a month to play uh, junior tournaments throughout the state, along with playing for for my high school. And uh, yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, yeah, even though I don't play anymore and uh, don't miss it, like I said, I think it was a very cool experience, and I, I'm very happy that uh, I got involved in tennis, and it, it's been it's been very good for me. So looking at, you know, soccer and tennis is kind of the two sports you brought up leading into pickleball. What do you think you brought from both of them that's really kind of helped you with your pickleball game? Um, I mean, I think that, I think just the court sense and anticipation uh, translates pretty quick from tennis to pickleball, especially in singles, uh, doubles. There's obviously a bit more of a learning curve. Uh, but I, I just think the... Uh, the combination of, you know, fast hands and fast feet uh, are really important for pickleball. I think that movement and, uh, you know, uh, reacting when you're attacked are, you know, probably the two, uh, if not the most important uh, high on the list. So, uh, so I think that uh, not only is footwork extremely important in tennis, but having soccer as well for that, uh, combined with obvious, you know, hand speed and, and volleying and doubles being my favorite game in tennis. Uh, I think that I had a, a pretty reasonable level of uh, base of, of hand speed and foot speed for pickleball. And I think that that, you know, helped me a lot. I'm not, I'm not very tall. I don't have the reach of some guys. So, you know, being able to move well and have good footwork and get yourself set for your shots I think is extremely important. And I think both sports uh, really helped me with that uh, growing up. So let's talk a little bit about pickleball. I think you said you started about four years ago. Did you say there? Am I, am I making that up here? I, I think it's three. And three? to be honest, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'd have to think <laughs> about it. It might be a little, it might be a little bit over three. I think, I think it's probably three years and a couple months is, is my best guess. Uh, how did you, how'd you discover it? Uh, well, I, my mom, <laughs> so my, my dad, my, my, my family is tennis players and my mom had some friends that were kind of getting interested in pickleball or maybe transitioning over a little bit. And my dad had recently retired. And so I think she was kind of trying to get him out of the house a little bit. She, I was there visiting one day or one weekend and she suggested that we go, I was living in Dallas at the time, uh, that we go play pickleball at this rec center. And so I was, you know, whatever, uh, I didn't think much of it, just go hang out with pops, you know? And mm -hmm. so we ended up going to play and I got, you know, quite addicted quite quickly. I kind of, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a cool game. It's a fun game. I, uh, realized that I had a decent skill set for it. So when I went back to Dallas, I uh, ended up just kind of going to some rec centers, kind of working my way up the ladder. And then eventually, I, I don't know if you guys know him. I'm sure you do, though. Uh, uh, I ran into Dave Fleming. Mm -hmm. 
who is a top senior player, great guy. And we kind of got started together. He kind of plucked me from a rec center and was like, hey, we have a group of guys who are a little bit higher level. You should come jump in with our group. And once I kind of tasted uh, a little bit higher level play, then I was I was really addicted. And uh, I was I was lucky enough to be, you know, uh, self-employed, playing poker. Uh, I, I was able to transition quickly and start playing quite often. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have more complicated lives or a, you know, a serious job or something like that. And so it's a little bit harder for them to jump right in. And, and I was able to, to get right into it. Uh, and so uh, I was thankful for that. So talk to me about that first time that Dave Fleming brought you into that higher level play. <laughs> what a, like, what did I'm curious to know from your perspective, what did you learn right away versus what you saw maybe playing recreationally? Um, you know, just that, you know, if you, if you probably just, if you, you can do kind of whatever you want, if you're playing with lower level players. So it's, you can, you can make, uh, you know, you can make bad decisions and still be rewarded, uh, attacking probably bad balls going off your shoe tops and just ripping it, not even worrying about dinking or resetting because you don't have to. So I think that, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm just going to the rec center, you know, just gripping it and ripping it and pegging 70 year old guys in the chest and stuff <laughs> like that, you know, <laughs> I, I jumped in with a little bit higher level group and, you know, uh, I probably tried a few of those shots and they came back uh, quicker than I hit them. So uh, if you, if you, if you go, if you, if your shot selection is poor against poor players, it probably doesn't matter. If your shot selection is poor against good players, you're probably going to pay for it. And I, I think I, I learned that lesson quickly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely hear that where it's like people will like the waters, for example, they showed up on the court and were just banging the crap out of the ball. And it was, it was working. It was even working in tournament play. And then they started to kind of, you know, get in with some higher level people and realize that those shots obviously are going to be a little bit or challenging or I don't know. Up. They're pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, they definitely have, uh, have, you know, have, have embraced all facets of the game. Uh, right. And I think we've right. seen that a lot. You, you, just, know, you step on the court with higher level people and you're like, that's not going to work. I can't muscle my way through this anymore. Yeah. You, you just have to, uh, I, I mean, there's, there's no, yeah, there's no, there, that's, that's cool about pickleball. There's no right way to play. There just isn't. Right. So, uh, you know, you, I mean, you kind of have to match it to your skill set, and you, you know, if I mean, if you're if, you, if you're getting all the reward for the risk you're taking, then I mean, just keep doing it. So uh, the waters right. are they're special, they're, they're they're special ladies or lady and girl, <laughs> and uh, they're good at what they do. And so, and I think maybe you're right. They they have slightly very slightly slowed it down from uh when they first jumped in but uh they're they're good at what they do and so uh so good for them not not everyone can do that and that's when uh, what you're talking about uh the situation where you you know you have to you have to understand who you're dealing with and uh slow the ball down in certain situations and uh i'm just i'm just not as good at attacking as they are so uh and most people aren't so so they, they have to find another way whereas they can kind of for the most part just power through it and, and do their thing for sure 
Webby, what's going on social media? Well, we got a good question here from Jordan Dayton, and he says, who does Adam practice and drill with most of the time, and who's his favorite person to play against, and why? (laughs) Uh, That's a good question. Uh, I... Um, kind of like I said, with some of the freedom, I, I kind of usually, I I don't really play much pickleball at all in Houston. So in terms of practicing and drilling, I kind of go to tournaments early or stayed at tournaments late. So I have, I've kind of developed a pretty good web of, of friends and practice partners. And so I, I usually like to travel to practice and that uh, you know, in between tournaments and going a place three days early, getting there Tuesday or Wednesday, as opposed to Friday night before the tournament starts. That's, uh, that's, that's a lot of the practice that I end up doing. Um, and there's, you know, a handful of people that are kind of like me where they're either pickleball full time, or it's a high percentage of what they're doing work-wise. So, um, you know, there's usually uh, at least a decent group before the tournament to get some practice in. A lot of people have other responsibilities, you know, more family and work stuff, and they can't quite get there till right before the tournament starts. And I get that, but I'm luckily in a situation where I can uh, be a little bit more flexible with when I get to tournaments and when I leave tournaments and kind of pick up some good practice games along the way. Thanks, man. Oh, and who is my favorite person to play against? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, there's a few people that I like to play against. Uh, m- most of the guys, most of the guys are great uh, in terms of having, you know, a good sportsmanship on the court and having a fun experience while playing. But uh, you know, I, I like playing Ben. Uh, usually doesn't go very well for me, but uh, <laughs> I've I've been able to catch him a few times. And you know, it, you're just you're just your senses are probably a little heightened. When, when you know you're playing the top player in the game. And so I just, like I said, it doesn't happen too often, but I just want to beat him so badly. I just want to hit him with the ball. I just want to crush him. I just want to do terrible things to him, uh, even though he's a nice guy and he is my buddy. Uh, when I get on the court, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to challenge him heads up. I just want to, you know, win hands battles against him. I just, I just want to beat him. And, uh, you know, and that's and that's cool. If if he if he brings another level out of you or uh, something like that, then that's that's the kind of person I like playing against. So what what have you seen then? You know, the last three years you've been in the sport. How have you kind of seen it evolve into where now you have kind of been one of the top players out there right now, if not the top player? Oh no, I mean it's yeah. I mean it's pretty clear. I mean, I hope he's not listening, but Ben's definitely the best player. Uh, I was trying not to beat his ego too much here. It's, no, so, please. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm sure he's not listening, uh, but <laughs> maybe he is. But yeah, screw that guy. Screw you, Ben. <laughs> if you are listening, screw you, man. <laughs> uh, no, uh, but yeah, no. It's 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 come a long way. It's just uh, it's a it's a deeper player pool now. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys that were good back in the day, they're still great players. They're awesome. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But, 
you know, the first couple rounds of a tournament or even maybe until you got to the semifinals, it was kind of understood who was going to be there because there just wasn't a huge amount of, uh, in the player pool. So, so now I think, uh, it's a little more evened out. You still have the studs of the game who are, you know, finishing high almost all the time, but there's just a little bit more of fear in the early rounds and in the middle rounds that, you know, one of these up and comers or one of these talented players, uh, can kind of snipe you. So, uh, I think that, yeah, so just the, the influx of talent and the, uh, quantity of of talented players is much higher and i'm sure will only get higher as we continue to move forward but i I think that's probably the main change and uh i'm certainly not a rookie but uh you know a lot of the other guys have have maybe been playing a little bit longer so they can they can maybe maybe speak to that a little bit more but um you know that's that's kind of how i how i see it I, i don't think the strategy is terribly different. There might be some uh, more aggressive play, a few more speed ups, a little bit of uh, uh, of different stuff going on in that regard. But I, I think, especially for the men, it's still it's still relatively similar. It's just uh, you know just a lot more quality competition, and uh, there's just there, there there's definitely there's definitely hardly any easy matches, and uh, you got you got to be on your toes all the time, or you might you might take an early loss. That's for sure, man. I mean, there, there's definitely no shortage of talent out there right now in the pickleball world. Yeah. It's, it's only going to get worse. They're coming. They're coming. <laughs> damn, well, damn tall Europeans or something like that. <laughs> just like tennis masters. They're so good. They're so good. <laughs> We're seeing it happen. Well, I mean, and, uh-huh. you know, during obviously this whole coronavirus thing we have going on, um, it's probably been more challenging to find, the ability to train, to be able to drill and stuff like that. So what have you been doing during this time to kind of keep yourself at that level? Oh, I've been been pretty lucky. I I haven't even been back to Houston since the quarantine. So I played the, uh, played the California open kind of when everything was getting, uh, ramped up. And, uh, after the California open, I was, uh, I had, uh, two level up camps that I was going to teach in Palm desert. And that's right about when the shit kind of hit the fan. So uh, we got to teach one day of the camp and then it got canceled. So after that, I came across across country and ended up in Florida uh, with uh, kind of quarantining with a, with a group of very good players. So I got some good play in there. I know we had the ESPN thing. ESPN three thing, uh, which was a lot of fun. There was a little bit of backlash on that. Uh, but, uh, we were all in that area and we had been living together for quite a, quite a long time. And so there was, there were some great opportunities for practice there. And so I, I, I was quite lucky. I'm sure there's more than a couple people who are, who are pretty screwed in their practice situation. And, you know, uh, unable to to play four on a court and if they if they are playing skinny singles or drilling you know maybe with a little bit of a lesser competition i guess so uh yeah i I was a little lucky in that regard and uh i'm happy for that and uh i've been 
I've been staying sharp and working out a decent amount, but I, but I have been eating uncontrollably. So I'm, I might've added, I might've added a couple of pounds, e- even though I feel like I'm in pretty good shape right now. <laughs> so you, you, you put on maybe not the COVID-19, but like the COVID five or six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe the COVID nine. Yeah. Take the, yeah. take the one out. That might be me. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, so I've been, <laughs> there's nothing else to do besides for cook and eat. So I've just been doing a lot of that. So, uh, yeah, and may, maybe a maybe an extra beer or two, or a glass of wine or two uh, in the evening times too. So uh, uh, trying to make the most of it, but I, I've been lucky with my practice situation, and uh, I'm happy with that. And yeah, we can all relate to putting on a few <laughs> extra pounds. I've been trying really hard right now with, with uh, a lot of Simone students and I. We're we're doing these exercises every day that she's sending to us, and so I'm trying hard to gotcha. do it. But I agree with you, man. It's like, yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah I don't have anything else to do, so. Maybe I'll have a uh, an extra beer tonight that I normally would. Or, yeah, hey, right. You know, right. Uh, let's let's keep cooking and doing all this. So uh, anyway, I <laughs> uh, see this message here from old Jay here. I, mm-hmm. I I honestly don't know. He's he's saying drinking French wine, and I do not know Jay. It is. I don't know. I, I got nothing for you. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure French wine is fantastic. I'm sure you've had more than a couple of glasses, but uh, maybe I am drinking French wine. I don't even know it. So let's just let's just go with that. Yes, Jay. That he is drinking French wine. So yes, French wine. <laughs> I like it, man. Um, well, what's funny is like uh-huh. I had a whole bunch of questions that I want to be able to go through with you, uh, but we had a real like a whole ton of our pro <laughs> friends submit a lot of questions for oh, goodness. the upcoming segment for pros asking pros questions. So I think I actually have to stop or else we're going to start, <laughs> we're going to start teetering around some of them. Uh, but before we get into that Webby, it looks like there's a, maybe some social media action going on. Yeah. I just have a couple things I want to bring up. One of them was actually on Twitter earlier today. And it was a really good question that I thought would be good to ask right now. And that came from Brad A. Shunk. And he said, I'd love you to ask Adam Stone how he game plans for each men's doubles match in a tournament. Do he and his partner attack slash pick on one of their opponents? Or do they use their strengths and not attack slash pick on one of their opponents? Oh, Brad. Okay. That's a good question. Uh, I think that, as I mentioned, the talent gap becomes more narrow that things like game planning and having a set strategy before you go into the match along with partner rapport and you know things that if the talent gap is bigger don't really matter that much you know the best team's probably going to win uh when, when you're playing someone very close in skill and there's so many teams out there like that i think these things become more important so I think uh, game planning, deciding what your base strategy is going to be going in, whether that's picking on someone, whether that's uh, implementing a strategy to get the ball to go to your strength more often, uh, whatever it may be, I just think it's super important. And, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more early on, I just kind of went out there and played Uh as opposed to coming up with the strategy beforehand. So I think that that's super important. And I think that having that base strategy and a go-to when you get in those stressful situations of a match is, is a really good thing to have. And, and of course you can, 
you can change your strategy, you can adjust, you can uh, come up with something new if your strengths aren't, aren't, aren't on that day or their weaknesses are not what you thought they would be. You can make that adjustment, but going in with a couple little uh, set plans against a good team, I think can very much be the little bump that gets you, that gets you the W. So uh, I, I think that is, is really important. Nice. Um, now, before we get to the pros asking pros questions segment, there is one more comment. Uh, it's kind of a big deal uh, because it comes from Twitch. We hardly ever get comments from Twitch. No way. Twi- Twitch is cool. Says, Y'all know how to set up a urinal. <laughs> I have, I have no. no idea what they mean by that, but it's just it's a big no. deal because it comes from Twitch. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I've just got a bucket next to me. So that's that's all I need, just to, just in case. I got I got a lot of water. I got a lot of wine up here, so that's my urinal. So that's that's all I know. <laughs> no, Twi- so I think that's Twitch only- is a good. Yeah, I love Twitch. Twitch is it's- a good spot for 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 poker. There's a lot of good poker on Twitch. So okay. that that's that's why I know Twitch. But continue. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I like I love Twitch too. We've only this is probably only our third comment or question we've ever gotten from Twitch, and every single one, every single one we've ever gotten has always been totally random. It had nothing to do with anything yeah, we're talking right, about. Right. Nothing to do. <laughs> so Set had to do it. Just urinal. had to do it. Do they want like to know how to uh, install the urinal? How to like? I have so many questions. What's, yeah. I have no idea. That's really good stuff, though. That's really good. <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, from there, I think now, now is a perfect time to get to one of our favorite segments, and it's something we started doing not too long ago, but we absolutely love it. And this is the pros asking pros questions segment. Oh, oh yeah, scary! Are you ready for this? You ready for this? You, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably a good idea. You're drinking that wine, you might might want to drink <laughs> yeah, a little bit more. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> All right, so we're start, starting off strong with one of the best players in all of pickleball, and that is none other than Ben Johns. Hi, Adam. I have a couple questions for you. First of all, at your level, how do you become more of a non-basic pickleball player? Secondly, back in your poker days, did you have a favorite or a go-to play? Now, obviously, I know poker is very situational, but did you have a favorite? Oh man, wow. great question. Okay. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. So my poker play was just to frivolously just go all in a lot. That was that was my poker play. So uh yeah, that's that's pretty much what I did. Uh no, I I, I was I was a pretty aggressive player, uh kind of loose aggressive a little bit. So I would kind of, you know, light some money on fire, but, you know, maybe get some uh, calls and some big hands paid off that I probably shouldn't have. So uh, just betting a lot. That, that That's that's my favorite poker uh, poker play for sure. Uh, and then in terms of uh, <laughs> non-basic uh, pickleball play, it's a, it's a funny question, a uh, little bit of an inside joke. So uh, I don't know when this was, maybe a year, year and a half ago, something like that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I see Deckel, Deckel sending me a little message down here at the bottom. So I, I asked Ben what he thought of my game and what he suggested that I might work on. And so basically he told me I was too basic. He, he, uh, he, he, 
he did he did give me a little bit of credit. He said that you know I was a good dinker and blocker, and uh, had a solid base for my game. But that when he played me, he wasn't very concerned because I just did simple shit all the time. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I I didn't really think much of that. And when he mentioned that, I I uh, very much took that to heart. He's he's a great player, smart kid, uh, and even though he's half my age, I you know tend to listen to when, when he's talking, especially about pickleball. So uh, I kind of started implementing some uh, different speed ups from different parts of the court and kind of, uh, you know, making, making my, my game a little less vanilla. And so I, uh, I appreciate him for mentioning that. And uh, hopefully I can just crush him with that knowledge that he gave me over and over again, moving forward. That's what I would say about that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's All funny. right, so this this next question comes from a very good friend of ours, and that is Catherine Paranto. Hey guys, hi Adam, hi Eddie and Webby. I hope you're all doing well. I have a question for you, Adam. After all of this is over, what tournament are you looking most forward to? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, first off, I would like to apologize to Catherine. We have played pickleball together one time in a tournament. And uh, it was a disaster. I played so bad that she had no chance to do anything. Uh, she was very, she's a very nice person. She was very nice to me and sweet to me as I uh, missed every other shot that I took. And uh, hopefully, Catherine, maybe we can uh, play something else down the road and uh, I might get a little redemption for us. Uh, favorite tournament or a tournament looking forward to play? That is a good question. I had quite a full slate of tournaments before uh, the current situation. I was talking about Eddie and Webby, how I, uh, I like the beer city open and uh, you know, a couple uh, it's one of my favorite non-major tournaments and one of my favorite tournaments in general. And uh, I have a, I have a couple tournaments in that, in that mid tier that I'm a big fan of, but I, I it, it's still nationals for me. Uh, I like the U S open. I like TOC. Uh, I like I like multiple tournaments, but nationals, the facility, the courts, uh, going there early and staying for the you know whole eight or nine days or whatever it is. It's it's just a really great experience, and I have found that I enjoy that tournament more than any other one. And uh, I think it's I'm hoping it's uh, far enough in the distance that uh, it won't be messed with, messed with by any of, uh, of this stuff. But uh, uh, being in early November, but uh, I I guess I'll just keep my fingers crossed for that. And I, I would definitely say nationals is the one I'm most looking forward to. Thanks, nice. Catherine. Yeah, I can definitely see that. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for the question, Catherine. Uh, and this next question comes from somebody else that Adam has teamed up with on the pickleball court. And that is Susie Anderson. Hey there, Adam. So I've been thinking about what question to ask you. And I remember when I first met you and you told me you were a professional poker player. And I thought that was really cool. So my question for you is, have you found anything from your professional poker days that has helped you in your mental game or your ability to strategize or think ahead in your pickleball game? Oh, Susie. Uh appreciate that question. Hope things are good in Utah. Uh, 
Uh, I think that's a really good question. And I think that it absolutely, there's multiple things. Uh, I, I would say the main thing is uh, being self-aware and understanding when, and poker a lot of times you, you lose when you, it's, there's a lot of variance. There's a lot of luck involved and you lose when you make the right decision and you win when you make the wrong decision. So it's very easy to, I don't know, win $2,000 in a poker, poker game that given day and make many bad decisions and then work out for you. So having a good long-term strategy and understanding that in the short term or point to point in pickleball, shot to shot in pickleball, you know, anything can happen. You need to understand why if, if you, if you made a bad decision on a shot that you're going to lose eight or nine out of 10 of those points, you need to understand that. And you're going to win that one and you, they're going to be right on it and miss that ball. But you need to understand uh, those situations. And so when you make a good decision in a good shot and they hit a better shot, uh, then, you know, you clap your hands. Uh, if you make a bad decision and you go for a ball, you know, you shouldn't have gone to, and you got away with it. You need to understand that that wasn't good strategy and it just worked out that time. So, uh, Pickleball, it happens fast. It happens quick. Uh, games, are, uh, you know, it's just boom, boom, boom. And so coming in the moment and after the match, understanding, uh, you know, what really happened on the court, I think is very important. And I think having a poker background helps me to do that. All right. Nice. Great stuff. This, uh, this next question comes from somebody who really needs no introduction, but it's somebody that Eddie and I are huge fans of, and that is the one and only Simone Jardim. Hey, Adam, how you doing? Uh, just wondering if uh, with uh, no pickleball, unfortunately, if you've been playing some more online poker or if you've given that up completely. <laughs> uh, thank you, Simone, for the question and appreciate you. Uh, putting on the skills challenge, uh, whatever that was a week or two ago where I slightly embarrassed myself, but that's okay. The Easter um, ball, baby. <laughs> yeah. Like Ben said, I've, I've, I'm basic. I have no trick shots. So, uh, the, the skills <laughs> challenge with the, with the, between the legs and behind the backs was tough for me. Well, you had the uh, wind that Shimoni, was pretty nasty there. Sorry to. Yeah, yeah. right. We, we did yeah, have a bit brutal. of a, a, brutal a gale force breeze. If that's a thing, <laughs> yeah. breeze, gale force breeze. <laughs> so, uh, I actually, it's funny that she mentioned that because it kind of got in my head a little bit. I, I still, I still watch a little bit of poker uh, and I still kind of check a forum or two out here and there. And I noticed that the online poker traffic uh, was up quite a bit during uh, this, co this COVID-19 stuff. So I actually thought about it extensively but i didn't jump over and do it so i have not played online poker uh since this started and at this point i don't think i'm going to but i very 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 much considered it <laughs> all right our next question comes from a great pickleball player with a really cool sounding voice here's a question from patrick smith 
What's up, Stoney? Spotlight's on you. My question to you is, what do you do to keep your forehand drive sharp and ready to go once quarantine is over? Also hope all uh, is well, you're safe and healthy, and you're able to enjoy a couple of cold ones uh, here and there. Just one at a time, mate, though. Here and there? All the time, all the time, <laughs> Pat, come on. <laughs> and one no, at a time, uh, he says, one at a time. <laughs> Appreciate that uh, that question, Pat. Uh, up and comer on the scene, uh, nice guy. I've had some good battles with him, and I'm sure uh, plenty more moving forward. Uh, the forehand drive, uh, basically, you just hit it as flat as possible, as close to the net as possible. And sometimes it's amazing, and sometimes it's terrible. And that's 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 pretty much how my forehand drive works. Uh, I feel like I have a pretty good one. Uh, but I really don't, yeah, I really don't drill or do anything, uh, specific for it. I have a, I have a continental grip, so I, I generate very little spin. Uh, I actually probably have more side spin than top spin on, on my drive. Uh, but yeah, when it, when it, when it gets hot, it, it can be a very, a very big weapon for me. And, uh, I love to use the, the third shot. Uh, drive fifth shot drop uh, when it's on, but unfortunately, with the you know low margin for error, with how flat my ball is, so, you know so, sometimes it's just not there. So uh, sometimes I put it in the back pocket and focus on my dropping. But but when when my drive is on, uh, or even just not off, uh, I like to use it quite a bit, and uh, I feel like it. Uh, it serves me well, and, and I'm, I'm a big fan of it, and I will absolutely continue to use it quite often moving forward. All right. For our next question, we actually want to play it without introducing the individual in the video to see if you can guess who it oh, is. God. So let's oh, go yeah. ahead and Rob Cassidy? Roll, roll the next one. <laughs> hey, Adam, before you're fixing to have breakfast, do you have a specific morning routine to make you such a good athlete? I don't know who that was. All right, it was I'll, definitely I'll not little, Rob Cassidy. I'll give you a little hint. No, that was not Rob Cassidy. You are correct there. <laughs> um, so that was the daughter of a good friend of yours and uh, somebody that you've been a house guest of in the past. Do you want to see it again and see if that triggers yeah, anything? Yeah, show it to okay. me again. Okay. I'm, I'm, bad, at, I'm bad at these things. <laughs> hey, Adam, before you're fixing to have breakfast, do you have a specific morning routine to make you such a good athlete? I have no idea. I don't know. You, I like how she me. said be, before you're fixing to have breakfast. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. Oh, <laughs> fixing, fixing, yeah. F-I-X-I-N. That's a good one. That's a good Texas term there. So that was uh, actually the daughter of Martina Coakley, Scarlett. Oh my goodness! All right. Uh, so yeah, Florida, not Texas. Gotcha. Yeah, I spent some time there. She's uh, Martina's one of my buddies, and she's got lovely children. And uh, her husband and her treated me very nicely when I went to stay, so I, I appreciated that very much. So, uh, Scarlett, I hope I hope things are going well. Uh, in terms of morning routine, I do have a pretty pretty extensive routine for tournament days. So I, I have a little lacrosse ball stretching routine that I do, where I uh, it's called myofascial release, where I kind of kind of work the lacrosse ball into your muscles and then stress them out, uh, stretch them out. And that's worked really well for me. I, I feel like it, 
has helped me stay, uh, you know, healthy with maybe some pulls and some tweaks. And also, uh, I think it, it helps me uh, move a little more explosively. And uh, I, I can I can definitely tell on the court when I have done it or I haven't done it that morning. So uh, it takes me about 30 minutes, 25 or 30 minutes. And uh, I live by it uh, on tournament days and, and do it every single day before the tournament starts. I definitely get a good breakfast too. Uh, probably somewhere, you know, six, seven, 800 calories. And then I don't really eat throughout the day. So I, I like to get a big hunk of calories in, you know, about 6.30 or 7 uh, before the 8 o'clock start time. And then I will kind of snack or graze throughout the day uh, is how I like to do it. So uh, in terms of warm up, I'm not, I would say I'm in the middle on warm up. You know, I don't, I don't want to go hit for three minutes and then play my first round, but I, I certainly don't want to be out there for an hour uh, either. So I would say 15 to 20 minutes before my first match. And then if I have a, a gap throughout the day or uh, a little break in the draw where I know it's going to be a little while, then I might sneak out on the court and hit a little bit in between matches throughout the day. And that's, that's pretty much my routine. All right, great question, Scarlett. And I've got to tell you, Scarlett, uh, she the- got me, Scarlett. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a great one. And I got to tell you, you must be known for your uh, your pre match stretch routine because we had oh, yeah. at least four at least yeah. four different people ask that pretty much pretty much the same <laughs> question, asking for you to talk about your uh, your pre match routine there. <laughs> yeah, it just it just looks a little weird because you can't really see the lacrosse ball, so I'm just sitting in weird positions or. <laughs> I have my back up, my back up against the wall, and so people just kind of walk up, and they're just like, well, you know, what the hell is this guy doing? And they don't understand that there's there's actually a lacrosse ball down there, and I and I'm I'm kind of working out my muscles. So I, I've gotten plenty of comments and uh, plenty of looks like, uh, what the hell's wrong with you uh, from from people at tournaments for sure. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Uh, for our next question, uh, this one comes from a couple of my personal favorite people in the world of pickleball, and that is Uh the mother and daughter team of Lee and Annalie Waters. Hey, Adam. You know you're one of our favorite pickleball people. And you're on the Pedal Tech team, so by now you should know that I love food. So our question to you is, what is your favorite quarantine meal? Well, quarantine meal. That's a good question. That's a good question. I'm with Al. I love eating a lot all the time. It's probably the highlight of my day every day. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, you know, she's at a good age where, you know, she can just eat whatever the hell she wants to and a lot of it. And I am jealous and respect her for that. Uh, (laughs) But I would say uh, lately it's just been a nice, a nice filet. So a little, a little uh, uh, Costco fillet, and you can cut it up. You get eight fillets out of it, and uh, it's mm. been great. So maybe uh, I would go with green beans, baked potato, and fillet. That's what I'm going with. Oh man, that sounds delicious! I could it go does, for a nice and, fillet and right well now. With, yeah, that would go well with that mm-hmm. wine you picked tonight too. That's yeah. right. That's right. We'll just see what happens after I finish this podcast. I might have to whip one <laughs> yeah. up. That nice. Delicious. Oh, that sounds amazing right now. Not going to lie. Real quick, be, before you get into the next question, if I disappear during it and I'm not there when you come back, 
I promise you, don't don't be worried. I'll be right back. Okay, okay. <laughs> we will not call the authorities if uh, yes. if your screen is empty when we come back. <laughs> All right. So this next one comes from somebody who owns a couch that Adam has become very familiar with over the years. So here is a question from Belinda Zabinden. I wonder whose couch that is. Do you recognize it, Adam? Who could this be? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me, Belinda Zabinden, for like the two people that don't know. Uh, Adam is one of my very good friends. He spent weeks, probably months, a year at my home. And he's a wonderful house guest. I highly recommend him to all the host families out there. Um, he is a wonderful player and person. And so let's see, what is something that would be super fun to know? Hmm, let's think. I know that you enjoy long naps and you enjoy sleeping at night. Are there any specific items that you travel with, no matter where you go, to ensure that you sleep well at night? Hmm, do tell. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, Belinda. That was that was solid for the two people that don't know what a statement. Right? That just that just uh, that just screams Belinda. That statement right there. Well, thank you very much for the question. Uh, I have spent plenty of time on that couch. Uh, maybe a little bit less than she alluded to. A year seems like a long time to be there, but I've spent plenty of nights with her and uh, and Bubba up in St. George and a couple more uh, down in Arizona. Uh, but yes, I do. I, I I am flying more now, but when I first started, I was driving on these road trips because I it was it made sense. I, I, I had plenty of time. That's really the issue with driving is the time. So uh, I always had a box fan with me to drown out the noise and a special pillow to uh, take to all of the places that I was staying. So I, I'm pretty sure that's what she's referring to. And, uh, you know, when you're staying at a random place, you need that white noise, you know, so they could be doing all kinds of stuff. And, you know, as long as I as long as I have that humming in my ear, I can get my uh, nine to 11 hours of sleep a night, which I very much like. That's a good amount of sleep. <laughs> I would love to get that much sleep. I just I can't. And I can't too. do it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I wish I could sleep that long. Like even when I have the opportunity, it's just like I. I just can't sleep past like seven or eight a.m. No matter how that's, late that's I go too to bed, I hate it. It's the most, <laughs> it's the most underrated thing you can do for your body. Sleeping is very yeah. important. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I do love a good uh-huh. nap, though. Nothing beats a good nap. <laughs> that's that's true. I like the long naps. You know, where you wake up disoriented and drooling on yourself. Those are my favorite. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I, yep. I don't want a cat nap. I don't know. I don't want a 30 minute nap. I'm, I'm looking for a nice solid two hours where I, where I wake up and I don't know where I am. That's, that's the right. nap that I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They always say if there's no drool, then you did not sleep good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Correct. Correct. <laughs> All right. So this next one comes from another good friend of ours and a recent podcast guest. Here's one from Deckel Bar. Oh, Stone. Hope you're doing well and staying safe. Why are you called the delicate flower? <laughs> that, that's a good one. Uh, so that's that's Deckel. That's my buddy. He's uh, my main uh, men's partner moving forward when he's in the country. Um, 
he he uh, still has some school going on in Israel, uh, so he he's only here about half the time or so. But I, I really enjoy competing with him, and uh, you know playing doubles with him. And I think we're gonna have some good success moving forward. So uh, yay, Deckel! Uh, I'm a big fan of that guy, and uh, hopefully we can crush some people uh, the rest of this year and and next year. So uh, the delicate flower, yes. So. Okay, so actually this all started well, – well, first off, uh, Jeff Warnick has many sayings, many very good sayings, and one of his is downy soft. So if you hit a, you know, a phenomenal reset, you have some good dinking, you have uh, – they crush one at you, you barely put it over the net in the kitchen, you, know, you, you, can, you can call that downy soft. And so uh, I have a, a little bit of that in my pickleball game. But actually, where delicate flower came from was uh, bocce ball. So <laughs> we were playing bocce ball at the chicken and pickle that we previously talked about, and it was—I'm trying to think exactly who it was. It was Jeff, myself, uh, Jesse Irvine, and God, who was the fourth? I just—I just don't know. Anyway, uh, so it was throwing, throwing the—you throw the little Polina ball, and then you just try to kind of throw the balls uh, next to them. So uh, we were having some cocktails, and we're probably uh, rather not sober at this point. So uh, we were just kind of talking trash to each other, and uh, I, you know, I, I made a couple of good shots, and so it, it ended up. Uh, getting to the point where we were just commenting on how delicate my touch was. <laughs> and so uh, that's where it came from. And then also I had uh, agreed to team up with uh, or partner up with Jesse for the Hawaii tournament, uh, which happened in January of this year. And obviously Jesse just, you know, she just hits the ball harder than I do. So we, we were the, we were flower power. So I, I was the, uh, <laughs> So, so, you know, most, most mixed doubles teams, it's the opposite. The guy is doing his thing and the girl is being solid. Uh, and so, you know, we just kind of mix that up a little bit with uh, me being a little softer and, you know, Jesse just crushing the ball like she does. So, uh, uh, yeah, so quite a backstory on that one. Uh, but, yes, uh, people do enjoy calling me the delicate flower <laughs> maybe uh, a little bit more than I enjoy hearing it even though i don't mind at this point <laughs> even though i don't mind at all at this point <laughs> that's great <laughs> nice our next question comes from the canadian sensation himself steve deacon hey guys i had the pleasure of partnering up and staying with adam stone at an event in florida back in february i was so impressed with the way adam prepared for his matches. Can you share with the viewership what that process is for Adam Stone? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See, everybody, everybody loves go. to hear about your uh, your preparation routine. Uh, I know. I know. So that that's Steve Deacon, Canada's finest, uh, and a very nice-looking older gentleman, I might say. It's the, <laughs> it's the salt and pepper. The salt and pepper in the hair it really works for him. So good for you, Steve. Uh, Stacy, you're a lucky woman. Um, so yes, more about the routine. So I, I told you, I told you my morning routine, but I, I, you know, there's also, you know, I like to eat at a specific time the night before I like to go to, sometimes I have trouble sleeping, but I like to go to sleep about 10 or 11 the night before, no drinking the night before. Uh, so I, I think that, uh, 
he, he might've been uh, surprised by the many things that I, you know, I like to tone down before uh, a pickleball tournament. So I take it pretty seriously. It's important to me. I love to compete. Uh, and I might be at least a little bit of a, a wild child uh, in between, uh, you know, with whatever weird sleeping patterns, a little bit of drinking here and there, that kind of stuff. But when it comes to tournament weekend, I lock it down pretty good. Uh, especially if I have an extremely talented partner like Steve, you know, I don't want to let him down. So, uh, uh, locking it in, getting some good food and some good rest and being in the, the best situation, uh, to compete at the highest level is very important to me on tournament weekend, even though unfortunately with Steve, I didn't quite play my best. Uh, we had, I think we had a real shot to win that tournament and, and I wish I could have, uh, you know, ramped it up for him a little bit more in those last couple matches. But, uh, we, we got, we got a couple more that we're going to play down the line and, uh, uh, very much looking forward to that. Very nice. And, uh, I was at that tournament. I got a front row seat to watch you guys play and man, it was, it was awesome watching you guys play together. I thought they were great matches, man. Very oh no, I mean, yeah, it's, it, 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 we, we lost a good, you know, it's not like it was a disaster or anything. I just, I just wasn't, wasn't as crisp as I would have liked to be. And we were obviously playing uh, very talented competitors and, you know, you're, you're a little off against uh, the game's elite. Uh, you're probably going to lose. And uh, we, we won some matches, but we, we, we lost in a couple spots that, uh, I feel like we had a great shot to not lose. And so, uh, that's a bit frustrating, but you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that was not the only question we had from Steve. Steve had another oh, great goodness. question for you. So let's go ahead and play question number two. I also want to know how you deal with loss because we lost a heartbreaker in the bronze medal match and I'm still losing sleep over it. Can you share with the viewership how you deal with loss? Uh, no, that's, yeah. So I guess I got a little bit into that. Uh, yeah, no, it was a heartbreaker. And, uh, usually I, I don't always watch my matches. I do a lot of the time. If, if it was, I tend to, I tend to watch the losses more though. And so I actually held off on watching, <laughs> watching the bronze medal match of, of that tournament because, I, I knew I didn't play great. And so, so I held off for, you know, a few weeks or maybe even, yeah, a few months actually. And so I ended up watching it, I don't know, maybe a week or two ago. And it, it was, it was quite disappointing. So, um, you know, you're playing, you're playing Ben and Colin. They're obviously going to hit some great shots, but, uh, and force errors out of you, which, which happened plenty, but I, I missed several shots, uh, without being forced into it. And so, and so that, that, that hurt my heart a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think for the most part, I get over it fine. It sticks with me. I'll bring it up later that day, maybe even randomly a day or two later. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier with poker, uh, you lose, you lose a lot when you play poker and uh, there's a ton of luck and variance involved. And so you get very used to losing. So I feel like I was, I was very competitive growing up and I had issues with losing. And as 
I've gotten later in life with maybe a slight teeny bit of maturity and also the experience of playing poker and losing thousands of dollars on many, many, many occasions. I think it uh, helps me soften the blow and it's not as big of an issue for me as it used to be. (laughs) Nice. All right. Very nice. Uh, so the the next question comes from somebody else. I had a blast watching play in person at this year's Florida Grand Slam tournament, and that is Jay Duvier. Hey, buddy. This is my perfect day in quarantine. So my question for you today is, what is your perfect day? <laughs> oh, what is my perfect day? Okay, for quarantine. No, that's, that's a yeah. good question. Uh, appreciate that. Jay, the Frenchman. Uh, <laughs> Talented player, uh, kind of jumping on the scene, uh, into it. Uh, good partner with Pat. Played them a couple times, and uh, yeah, I think I think Jay's a cool guy, and uh, I like his game, and we'll we'll see where it takes him in the next year or two. Uh, my perfect day, my quarantine perfect day, is probably a uh, leisurely wake up, uh, maybe somewhere between ten and eleven. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, just some cook breakfast, uh, do, uh, get some exercise, maybe do, I don't know, 15 or 30 minutes of something slightly productive. So I don't feel super worthless. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe that's what Jay was doing. Vacuuming. Maybe that's vacuuming. Maybe, maybe I, who knows, uh, clean the sink or something just do something for five minutes so i'm not totally worthless and then uh and then just yeah just just relax the rest of the day uh watch some shows watch a movie cook dinner and that's pretty much it it's 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 been pretty low-key and uh been been doing a healthy dose of binge watching and uh you know just trying trying not to be depressed by how worthless i'm being (laughs) What, what have you been binge watching Oh man! So I, let's see. Been doing. Uh, I started the Last Kingdom recently. I already did Shameless. I Last Kingdom did is Ozone. awesome, by the way. Sorry, man, but that show. Okay, cool. Freaking! Uh, I watched season one when it came out like three years ago, and then I didn't watch it since. And then recently, uh-huh. I watched two and three. Yeah. And man, so such I, a good show. I I think I'm on episode five of season one. So that's okay. that's a fresh one. I'm sure uh, you know how the quarantine's going. There's four seasons of that. I'll probably finish by tomorrow afternoon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Solid show. Man. Uh, uh, but yeah, so Shameless. I've watched every episode of Shameless, Ozark, uh, The Witcher, uh, which is a little bit like uh, a little bit like Last Kingdom. There's a little more fantasy. Last Kingdom's a little more serious, and there's a little more magic and stuff in The Witcher, which is good. Um, and I'm a documentary guy. I like documentaries and random stuff like that. So I, I've been sprinkling those in. Uh, but, you know, there's like, I don't know, nine nine seasons of Shameless and uh, three of Ozark. So, you know, that, that that's, that's been taking up some time. But uh, I, I've been enjoying that uh, for sure. So if you're a documentary fan, I feel like you, you probably had to have watched Tiger King. Oh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen every episode of Tiger King for sure. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That, that was a good one. Uh, my parents grew up in Oklahoma, so, you know, 
I've enjoyed making fun of them for that, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> no, Oklahoma is a good spot. I got a lot of family there. It's cool. Uh, but yes, it's been, uh, it's very, Tiger King's very interesting. Uh, yeah. uh, some, some, uh, some crazy people for sure. So it's, uh, it, 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 it held my interest. So not everything can do that. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it a star for, for me being able to finish it. So it, it, it was entertaining <laughs> for sure. Right. Yeah. I can't, I don't know if I can say it was good, but definitely entertaining and kept my interest. Like you said. <laughs> yeah. Entertaining for sure. It was, it was, it, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm kind of there with you. It, it, it wouldn't be my first choice, but Hey, I, I watched every, I watched every episode. So it must've done something for me, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, I got hooked immediately. I couldn't stop watching until I had the whole thing watched. So it definitely, it definitely oh, yeah. did its job. <laughs> I haven't started yet for that exact reason. I'm afraid once I start, I won't be able to, it's like a train wreck. You can't look away, right? Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. That's it's most m- most things like that. Uh, yeah, little little docs or reality TV. It's uh, regardless of how great it is, it, it it does it does grab you a little bit, makes it hard to stop watching. So yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> Don't have anything else to do right now, so that's all good. Right. All right. So this next question is from another great pickleball player that Adam has teamed up with during tournaments. And here's a question from Callie Smith. Okay, Adam, here's my question for you. I know you like to have fun on the pickleball court, but I'm sure you've had some embarrassing moments too. So what is your most embarrassing moment that you've had on the court? And if you don't have one on the court, what's your most embarrassing moment that you've had in general or in your lifetime? Wow. Okay. (laughs) So let's see here. Now that's a good question. Callie is uh, a great player. I still have uh, had several with her playing this year, but uh, the situation's cutting into that a little bit. Uh, hope things are good in Utah for you. Uh, probably, hopefully, practicing up there with Susie a little bit, Callie. Uh, embarrassing moment. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've had quite a few on the court. I'm, I'm pretty animated. I'm sure I've said some dumb stuff while I've been out there before, uh, but I don't know. Maybe maybe the one I'm thinking of is uh, it was actually at my first nationals, and I was uh, I was making an okay run in singles, and I was playing Tyler Lung actually, and I uh, I was scrambling for a ball. I was right on the kitchen, and I kind of basically hit a volley and fell into the kitchen and landed on my knee. And I kind of, I kind of sprawled out a little bit, you know, uh, it, it definitely hurt. It didn't really, it didn't really affect me too much or at all, uh, for the rest of that day. But the next day when I woke up, uh, it was a bit of an issue and I actually could, I actually didn't play for about a month and a half after that. So I, (laughs) so I fell down fell in the kitchen, lost the point and hurt myself for a month and a half on that, on that one point. So like, like I said, I didn't really feel it the rest of the singles day. I had a couple more matches, but uh, the next day I knew something was wrong and ended up being a little bit of a bone bruise on my knee. So that's probably what I would say. Ouch. Yeah. Oh man. Oh well. All right. This, uh, this next question is an interesting one and it comes from a great friend of all of ours and that is the one and only Corinne Carr. Hey Adam, so you have two nicknames for your doubles partner Deckel, Big D and BDL. When Deckel was on Eddie and Webby he was 
I think, to embarrass explain BDL. So would you please explain it? Uh, so no, that's, that's a good question. Multiple people have, uh, have asked that. And so bit, uh, big D, I mean, it's just, it's just his name, you know, it's his name's Deckel. So, so you call him big D he's a big guy. He's probably six, three and he's got long arms. And so, you know, uh, BDL is just uh, big D long. That's, that's what that means. And so, uh, you'll be in a situation, uh, you know, where you completely fool the guy, He's moving the other direction and you hit the ball behind him perfectly. And he just kind of reaches his arm out and he's there, you know, (laughs) or he, uh, (laughs) or there's a big open space on the court and uh, you're like, Oh my God, look at this giant space on the court. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put that ball over there for a winner. And this giant Israeli arm comes out of nowhere (laughs) and slaps a winner. So uh, yeah, so, so there's uh so, so, so we say, so we say BDL when, whenever that situation happens and, uh, you know, there's some, uh, gross people out there that kind of relate that to something sexual, but it has nothing to do with that. It's only professional. It only has to do with this pickleball game and, uh, you know, nothing else. Cause that would be, that would be crazy and gross. <laughs> right. <laughs> then, I gotta admit, because he wouldn't answer the question, that's definitely straight where my mind went is right For into sure. the gutter. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, of course, that's where everyone's mind goes and they should. I mean, it's I mean, given the nickname and, and everything there, you know, you just right. That's just what happens. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> nice. All right. So this next question comes from a longtime friend and supporter of ours, and that is Michelle Esquivel. Hey, Adam. Hey, Eddie and Webby. Uh, my question for Adam is. Since pickleball isn't really played internationally right now, where would you want your first professional pickleball tournament to be at uh, globally and why? Hope you guys are doing well and we'll see you soon. Oh, Michelle, thanks for that question. Uh, That's a good question. I haven't thought a ton about that. I guess I would maybe just say Australia because that's the place that I would like to go in general. So why not just piggyback that with a with a pickleball tournament? I think that would be that would be very cool. Uh, I was planning on I actually did a uh, a a little uh, getaway right here. I got the shirt on right now here. Pickleball getaways right here, and that was with Michelle uh, in Cancun. So we went out of the country uh, for that, uh, but we were actually uh, planning a or had a had a trip planned out to go to Portugal uh, to do a, a camp there, which was very exciting. But it did get canceled mm-hmm. or at least postponed until next year uh, because of the situation. So, uh, yeah, so maybe those would be my two my two choices. I've heard great things about Portugal. I was very excited. I have never been there before and I was very excited about going uh, to teach the camp. So, uh yeah, maybe maybe those would be my top two my top two spots. All right, very nice. Could happen. Yeah, I think it'd be yeah. a blast. Definitely. All right, so closing out tonight's edition of Pros Asking Pros Questions is another Uh-oh. one of our all, another one of our all time favorite people, and that is our good friend Irina Tereshenko. Hi, Adam Stone. Irina Tereshenko here, your pedal tech teammate and traveling companion. Can you please share with the viewers the names of two players, one male, one female, who, in your opinion, have the biggest potential for crushing it in the upcoming pickleball season and why? 
Oh wow. Okay. No, that's a good question. Uh, man, I didn't. I was. I didn't realize that was so many things to Irina. I mean, and I agree with all of that. Travel companion, paddle tech teammate, best buddy. I mean, all those things qualify for Irina and myself. So, um, thank you very much for that question. Let's see here. I don't know. Uh, why don't we go? Why don't we go with Jay? He 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 was uh he he was he he was on earlier. Uh, he sent me a question. He's a he has a, a rock solid uh, racket sport background. Uh, played tennis, I believe, at Wichita State. I might have lied about that, but I think that's right. Uh, he's a strong guy, uh, a big guy, probably I think maybe six two or six three. So he has some good reach, uh, an opposing figure up there at the kitchen line, and uh, and and he seems into it, which is important, you know. Uh, the uh, you know practicing, putting in the work, uh, getting over that learning curve, especially for doubles, is important, and and I think that he's over that hump, uh, and uh, and so and, you know, so 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 I think I think he's a talented guy. He's young, twenty six. He's got some uh, age related upside there, which is important. So I will pick Jay for the men, for the women. That is a great question. Uh, uh, for the women, I, I, I mean, I guess she's, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't really know. I don't really have one for the women. I, I might have to think a little bit longer about that. Uh, I mean, I guess she's kind of already on the scene, but maybe I would say Regina Franco just because she lit me up the last time we played. Uh yeah, that's that, that's the thing that comes to mind uh, off the top of my head. Uh, she's she's a scrappy player. She gets a lot of balls back in play. Uh, she's young as well. Uh, uh, and yeah, like I said, the last time I played, which was with Jay, it was her and Jay. Uh, yeah, she lit me up, uh, hit me a couple times, and uh, you know had a couple different tricks in her in her bag from the first time or two that we played. So. Uh, it, maybe I'll, I'll throw that to Regina and uh, she can have a, a solid season uh, coming up. Yeah. Love, love watching both of them play. I think I'm going to agree with you. I think we're going to see some pretty incredible things coming from both of them this next year. So I agree with you. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you do. That was important to me. <laughs> I know that you're looking for my you agreement on your picks, but... Uh, well, that was good. Well, that was the pros asking pros questions, man. I got to tell you, like we had a ton of people respond and ask questions as you, as you mentioned, which it, it really does put the person that's kind of talking with you, whether it's Webby or I, uh, in a bit of a bind. Cause we have to be careful what questions we ask. Cause if you noticed the pros covered so many different topics that we were talking about early on in right, the conversation, right, right. No, I thought as a whole, it was great. It was a good group of people, uh, pros asking me questions and good questions. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate that, but I, I get what you're saying too. You know, you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to step on any toes, mess with any, any, any questions from the pros. So, uh, yeah, I, I get it. Probably makes it kind of tough to maneuver. Yeah. And like we've said before, like they're, they're making it, they're asking such good questions. They're making our jobs so much easier. We really don't yeah. have to do too much. We just kind of start the show yeah, and right. then they, they run away with the rest of it. <laughs> well, don't, don't forget about drink beer too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that oh, opens yeah. up. I mean, yeah, you're not talking. That's more sipping opportunities. So that's fantastic. Exactly. As well. Yeah. And as you can see, my <laughs> second one is already gone. So I need to make sure I take Atta care boy. of that. Yeah. That's my Atta second boy. One here, so, yeah. Oh Yeah. Well, man, I got to well, tell you, I've Adam, drank. this has been a, yeah, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I've drank three fourths of a bottle of wine, so I'm I'm feeling quite nice, and uh, I might just go whip up a fillet uh, and just see what, see what happens. Right. Yeah, that's right. But you can't make green beans. You got to make Ericover. Okay. So it's it's it's. Key, I'll have to. I'll right? Google it. Google it's, it. No, it's it's basically the it's just the fancy term for green beans. It's like it's like what <laughs> steakhouses call green beans, but they charge you like twenty dollars for a little. Ah, got there, you. So. Yeah, like yeah. the yeah when you, you you get the a la carte sides, they always jack them up on you. You know. Yeah, that's right. Wh- wh- you go to a fancy, you, fancy place like that. What is your favorite restaurant to get a nice fillet from? Oh God, I don't know. Uh, I like making them at home, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We we had uh I've been to I've been to Ruth's Chris. That was pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, but in terms of like fan, fan, fancy fancy uh, steak places, I, I I don't think I've been to too many. Maybe just a handful. I, I guess Ruth's Chris uh, sticks out in my mind. And uh, like I said, if I'm if I'm trying to go big on a steak, it's it's it'll probably be done at home. How do you prepare it? Oh, you know, just uh, lately I've just been doing a cast iron skillet, salt and pepper. So kind of let it kind of let it, you know, sit out, sit out there for an hour or so before you you put it on and just give it a a good bath with some salt and pepper and then just stick it on there, man. Maybe a a few minutes aside and get it medium rare or medium and that'll be that. Next time we're hanging out at a tournament, we'll we'll cook some steaks because that sounds Ooh. that sounds exactly how I like them. Yeah, I mean you can't beat it. There's no, no sense in complicating it. Yeah, let you let the meat do the work, man. It's flaming yawn. It's, right. it's meant to be just devoured and enjoyed and appreciated. <laughs> every morsel of it. Mm. Love it. That's right. Well, Adam, I, I gotta tell you, man, this has been an absolute blast having you on. Uh obviously, as you can tell, there are a lot of people out there who who enjoy who enjoy you and what you're doing for pickleball? Um, obviously, you've made a ton of friends in the pro circuit with you know the responses we got from them. So we definitely appreciate you sharing your perspective on pickleball, your history in sports and and poker. Man, this has been an absolute blast. Well, hey, happy to do it. Uh, uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm I'm getting more and more involved. Uh, almost, you know, just playing a little bit at the beginning, but I'm I'm. Uh, you know, doing some teaching and some camps and clinics and meeting more people. So it was, it was very cool to, uh, you know, hear those questions and, and, and have everyone submit those for me. So, so I very much, very much appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, pickleball is very cool and I am very into it and, uh, not going anywhere anytime soon. So looking forward to what, uh, the future has in store for the sport and, uh, yeah, no, for, for, for me and the sport. So, uh, very cool. Well, that's awesome stuff, man. And we always give everybody an opportunity to, uh, plug away anything you want to, if there's a way, I know you're not a big social media guy, but if there's a way for people to follow you there or kind of, you know, follow what you got going on in the pickleball world, here's your opportunity to share it with the thousands of people. <laughs> I got right now. Yeah. Well, I, I only have a Facebook. I don't even have an Instagram <laughs> or a Twitter. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, uh, you know, ho- hopefully about to uh, re-sign a contract with uh, Paddle Tech, uh, who I love a lot. Uh, I like the people involved and the product, and uh, I'm sure that I-, I will I will need to be a little bit 
uh, more involved on the social media. So, so maybe that's something, uh, you know, in the, in the next couple of months that I'll ramp up and, uh, you know, jump into what do they call it? The Twitter verse and, uh, all yeah. that other stuff. But, but, but right, right now I'm just on Facebook, uh, you know, just being, uh, you know, just acting my age of almost 40 and, uh, you know, not jumping on, not jumping on all those platforms. Uh, but I might, I might have to do it soon. So I'll, uh, I'll keep you guys posted on that. Maybe, maybe I'll have, uh, some more plugs, uh, next time I'm on. <laughs> that sounds good, man. And as Deckel has put in the Facebook comments, this is the year of stone. You damn right. Deckel. You damn right. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Love it, man. Honestly, Adam, again, I can't, I, I can't tell you enough how much we appreciate you being on. Uh, as, uh, as everybody knows out there, we ran into some technical issues last week. I'm glad we got them resolved and uh-huh. uh, everything was good. So thank you again, man. Really appreciate it. Love what you're doing with pickleball and uh, can't wait to have you on again in the future. All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, we will hopefully see you, see you soon. All right. Absolutely, man. You have a good night. All right. Bye, guys. See you. See ya. Man, another super fun night. Seriously. Such I mean, cool, that was... Cool guy. That, yeah, cool guy. I mean, obviously, like, dominant force in the pickleball court. Overall good guy. I mean, it, what he's doing for the sport is absolutely incredible. Has such a unique background coming from poker. Uh, you know, and I just very interesting. Like I, I honestly feel like once again, we didn't even have enough time to like go as deep as I would have liked to, but unfortunately, like we can't be here till two in the morning every, for every podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We just got to have some of these people back on because we, I feel like we barely scratched the surface on the discussions we can have. And I definitely thought like his poker background was super, super interesting to me. So even that I'd like to, to dig into more, but yeah, that was that was awesome getting to know more about him. Yep. Adam Stone's good guy, one of the good ones. And the response we got from the pros asking pros questions was absolutely oh, incredible. Like I I, I yeah. gotta tell you, man, I love that segment. I'm I'm so glad we started to do that. Yeah, I do too. It's I, I look so forward to that and I, I love to see what kind of questions people come up with. And they're always great. And what blows my mind is up until this one. We have never had a duplicate question before, um, but a whole bunch of people wanted to make sure Adam talked about his pre-match routine. So that, that came up a few times. So, but I think that's just a testament to how uh, unique and how great his pre-match routine is. So, What I was going to tell you stuff. is the next, time, the next time we're at a tournament together and we're live streaming it, we're going to have to remember before Adam's name is called, you're going to have to get your camera and go find out where he is and get video of it. So that <laughs> yes. way we can actually oh, yes. have proof of what his pregame routine is. Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely got to happen. <laughs> Michelle. Um, anything else we want to cover during today's episode, episode number 65 of the podcast, if you can believe that? Man, that's crazy. I can't believe we've already reached 65 episodes. Uh, I actually do have one thing I want to bring up. Uh, Something just kicked off this week, a very cool event put on by the folks at Pickleballist. And it is the COVID-19 Day Pickleball Fitness Challenge. And uh, today was day two. Um, So what you want to do is go to pickleballist.com, create an account, and you can check it out every day for 19 days, a different pickleball pro Uh, or just somebody well-known in the world of pickleball 
uh, will be uh, doing a new training or drill session for you to do. So it's going to be a 19-minute routine, uh, either a workout or drill session, and they'll give you step-by-step tips and steps on how to do the workout for the day. It's going to be a short video, just a few minutes long, uh, but they'll tell you exactly what to do and how to get your 19-minute workout in. And uh, something else really cool about it is if you if you do it every day, if you check in and prove that you did these every day, you'll be eligible some, for some pretty awesome prizes. They got paddles. Um, they got a whole bunch of really cool things that they're giving out there. So, I mean, I highly recommend it, especially during this time of quarantine uh, where we're all stuck in the house anyway. I mean, it's very, very important to stay active. So why not try this out for 19 minutes a day for 19 days? Pretty, pretty awesome stuff. And uh, if you listen to Dinking Around last week, uh, there's a rumor going around that Eddie and I might actually host one of the workout sessions. What? Come on. Yeah, that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying on the streets. So you'll just have to check out Pickleballist uh, and uh, and see because you very well might learn how to do some slick tricks if you stay tuned. <laughs> Ooh. You're going to want to know how to do those because let me tell you, they are the slickest of tricks out there. That's right. <laughs> well, man, that was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for being interactive. Great questions and comments for Adam Stone. Um, that was a great one, Webby. I had a blast. Yeah, it was a very fun one. And uh, like you said, great questions from people tuning in. Great questions from the pros. It's just, yeah, awesome. Awesome night. Super fun. I agree. And uh, one thing I also want to say is that this has been episode 65, which means there's 65 of you out there still listening. Guess what? What? We appreciate you. On that note, I'm Eddie. And until next time, this is Webby, not Eddie, signing off. See ya.